our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Welcome to Girls That Invest. You're joined today by your host, Sam and Sonia, two millennial investors who are here to help you learn about all things investing and personal finance. Hello. Hi, Sonia. Oh my God. Hi. How are you? I am so good. How are we? I'm actually so good and I've come to a realization that I want to share with you today and I feel like you're going to be so proud of me. Please. I'm about to turn 27. (gasps) Okay. Stop it. And we started this podcast when I was about to turn 24, like 23, 24, which is crazy to me. Has it aged you? It has. It really has. (laughs) Just I have so many gray hairs and I've never considered dyeing my hair until this year. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I have absolutely loved every moment of it, but I've had this realization when it comes to aging. I feel like, and you helped change my perspective on this, I feel like before my birthday, sometimes I get like this sense of dread (laughs) and I'm just like, oh my God, what am I doing? Do I really want to be doing this? Am I happy? Like, (laughs) where am I? Have I just been gaslighting myself? Have I gone too (laughs) far into my Delulu era? And I've come to realize this. I'm actually so excited to turn 27 and I'm so excited to age and I think it's because I realize that I have free will. (laughs) Just a reminder that if I'm like in a position or in a career or in a country, I can change that. I can change my situation. You know, we all have free will and even though, you know, there are some aspects of my life where I'm like, oh, I should probably work on it. I should probably improve in some areas. I think overall, I feel very blessed and very privileged to age. And I think that you've said that in an intro discussion, like a few months back in an episode, in terms of you're so excited to age and get older. And hey ho, I'm here. I am in the same mindset and position. I think it's so freeing, right? And you should be. Personally, I don't think I've had a birthday where I haven't like almost cried at some point around my birthday because I'm like, milestone, should I be here? Should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? I need to know. So I guess this episode's coming out a little bit later because Sonia's birthday month is in August. Did you cry this month? Happy tears. 
multiple times. Oh my God. Look at you go. Guys, I'm growing right in front of your eyes, right in your ears. We were babies when we first started the podcast. Like if we listen, our voices are different. They're like high pitched. It's because we were so nervous. Yeah. How disgusting. Like every (laughs) single word I said, I was like, was that the right thing to say? And now I'm like, here's my life. Take it or leave it. Sonia messaged us. Like, so we have like a team now and Sonia was like, yeah, I'm not recording in August because it's my birthday month. And we were like, what a life. What a, <laughs> what a life. Like imagine being like, I'm not- but here I am recording in my birthday month. Yeah. So what happened? I just miss you too much. I miss Stop. this too much. And it adds happiness to my life. Why wouldn't I want happiness in my birthday month? I love that. We have a lot of pinch me moments. Like, I can't believe this is actually like something that I get to do. It's not something that I have to do, you know? No, I definitely don't hold a gun to your head. Although sometimes it like comes across that way. (laughs) I like perpetuating that image as well. It's fun for me. (laughs) It stresses me out. I'm like, no, no, Sonia gets paid and this is a choice and this is something she has wanted to do. And I promise I don't like have some like dirty little secret that I'm like, you stay on Girls That Invest or you're going to be like outed. No, 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 (laughs) not at all. I wish that this was an appropriate segue. Actually, I think it kind of is in terms of mindset stuff to the episode. What are we chatting about today? So today we're talking about something that we've had a lot of DMs about, which is, is it okay to have fun now if you want to be wealthy later? I think we're living in a time where, especially when you're in the sort of like teens, 20s, 30s, 40s phase, you start to notice that there are goals that you want to have in your life. And sometimes those goals are larger. They might look like property or financial freedom or more shares. They might look like a certain lifestyle, which is great. And we all want that. And then we also unfortunately live in this time of social media and comparison and getting access. So, you know, we've just had the big Europe stint where we saw everyone overseas living their best lives in like Croatia, in Italy. I actually deleted my personal Instagram. Like I logged out of it because it was just too much. You know, it's really hard as someone that can afford to go. I was like, I probably shouldn't like, but the whole idea of this, I feel like we're in this existential pull between, am I allowed to have fun now if I want to be wealthy later? And I don't know if this is a immigrant problem or something that people just sometimes are more prone to, but I think that's actually a place I wanted to start with. So this episode is for you. If you are trying to decide, hey, I have financial goals, but I'm not really having a lot of fun right now, or I'm having fun right now and I feel guilty. Should I cut down or should I do more? I think Sonia and I would love to discuss maybe reasons why you should, reasons why you shouldn't, and I guess our sort of middle ground or conclusive thoughts. To start things off, Sonia, I'd love to ask you a deep and meaningful question because I guess this is just a DMC. Do you think you moving overseas to Canada, which was something that cost a lot of money, something that uprooted your life, you could say maybe changed your career trajectory to some degree, and it was for the purpose of enjoyment and fun and something different, did you ever think this might not be good for future Sonia financially? Absolutely. I think it's one of the biggest things that held me back. And I was 25 when I moved. I turned 26 within a month of moving, so technically 26. And I feel like I was worried because we have 
friends and like an audience that are very financially focused, if you will, and wanting to be better with their finances and constantly educating themselves and building their habits, all of the good things. And then I've got like this other part of me and I guess involvement in like the travel community, (laughs) which is like, I hate to say it, like they are like polar opposites of like the spectrum. One of the things that held me back was like, oh my gosh, if I do this, like I probably won't buy a house in like the next few years. And that's a huge like goal or thing that people aspire to. And people have already been looking at me and asking me like, why haven't I gotten a home yet and all the things. And two, it does set you back in terms of savings. And I live in a very expensive city. I live in Toronto, cost of living crisis. It's just absurd to me how expensive the city is sometimes it's crazy and I can only imagine how people feel who are providing for others or their caregivers or they feel like they need two or three jobs to pay the rent you know all the things so I am not trying to say this to take away from like my blessings or come across as ungrateful but I am very conscious that I could have probably achieved a lot of societal tick boxes, if you want to call it that, like owning a house, having a certain amount in savings, having a certain amount of like assets and being very stable and very comfortable and very secure. But that was one of the reasons that I did pull the trigger because like I could imagine myself being in like the same position, going up the corporate ladder, being very comfortable. I loved living with my family. I could see just like the lack of growth there. And to be honest, if I didn't leave when I did, I would have never gone. So the thought of being too comfortable and in like this little safe bubble and like not challenging myself and not growing myself in terms of basic skills, like this is such a privilege, but I have an Indian mom who loves to cook, loves it. It's a form of her like love and appreciation to you. She loves cooking. She loves making like tea and like serving others. I'm not going into the patriarchy okay now and like this conversation but it just meant that I didn't really cook (laughs) and like I didn't really do like these basic things that I feel like I should have been doing but I wasn't incentivized to do at all because why would I do that so short answer absolutely yes but I think also that thought scared me so much that I was like gotta go gotta go. It was also one of those things that if I stayed in the same position in five, 10 years, I would have constantly been thinking about, my gosh, I should have just left when I was 25 when I could, you know? Mm. What was the trigger? Because, okay, you've clearly identified that, yes, if I move overseas, that is going to be somewhat of a hindrance to my financial future. What made you still go? Like, how did you justify it? Did you tell yourself, like, look, at most if I stayed, I'd what make or save maybe ten thousand or twenty thousand dollars more? Like, twenty thousand dollars is not comparable to the life experiences I would get of living overseas. Like, how did you still do it? It's such an interesting question because I've been here for over a year now, and I'm sure I did. <laughs> I'm sure I like thought about it more deeply. I think I was just focused more on like the emotional side of things and like the potential regret of not experiencing it and you know just like pushing myself out of my comfort zone it was like easy 
to like make the decision but like the circumstances were like I should go in terms of where my parents are in terms of them being like not you know touch wood thank god like they don't have health issues they are able to like take care of each other and be happy like in their household by themselves and like I have no responsibilities really I don't have kids I didn't have a partner like all of these things I was just like there's no time that's picture perfect but as far as circumstances go I was like the borders just opened in July last year which god everyone in New Zealand Australia like we felt that we felt that three-year like lockdown okay it's not a total of three years but technically we were confined to New Zealand for three years. I was like, bye. <laughs> we were. We we really were. I didn't realize that the conversation would go this way, but I think it's really interesting because I'm kind of on the other end of the spectrum where I want to do more and have more fun and maybe do more things that are outside of my comfort zone, but I get held back. Like I am definitely someone that falls into the category of I want to go and do something fun and I'm like, but if I go live overseas – that's going to be more instability. It might take me like a year to settle into that country. That could be a year of me building wealth in the country I'm in. Like I know this place, I know the suburbs, I know the businesses. Like I could really set myself up now while I'm young and then enjoy it later in life. And that's just how I think a lot of people that are stuck in this mindset, we get brought up. Like I remember specifically my dad would always say, why would you want to travel when you're young, when it's cheap? Or don't you want to travel in like style or luxury or just more comfortable traveling when you're older? And I used to be like, yeah, no, that sounds great. But I think as time's going on, I don't know. I just remember like driving down the highway and I just had an existential crisis and I was like, I'm going to die one day. (laughs) That'll do it. That will do it. I was driving. It was the tunnel like towards home near the city. And it's a very short tunnel. It's like 30 seconds. But I went down into the tunnel and I was like, I'm going to die one day. And I came out of the tunnel and I was like, I need to go to Santorini. Like I need to get out of here and just do the things that I want to do. I guess you just assume it's a false assumption. You assume that you will always have the rest of your life and you assume that you will always be healthy and you assume that the circumstances will be the same. I don't know if I'll always have money. I don't know if I'll always be free and with no responsibilities. Like who knows what's going to happen to me tomorrow or in a year and yet I assume from now to 80, like I'm going to have the body of a 26-year-old. Are you kidding me? I think – This just points out the question that I feel like most people in their 20s deal with at least a few times a year, and that is, one, am I doing enough to, okay, there's several questions. Like one, yeah, am I doing enough? What am I missing out on? And then there's the comparison game of looking at people who are the same age as you and they're either jet-setting across the world, albeit most of the time you do see it on a backpacking level. It's not like a luxury level, at least my feed. I don't know who y'all follow or like what your group is like, luxury travel (laughs) at this age. Or it's like those posts where like they're in front of like a house sign that says sold and they're We're trying to hack how they've done that, you know? Did your mom and dad help? What are you doing as a job? Like, there's all these things that inflate 
not only your ego, but it really deeply like makes you question what position you are in life. My question to you is, is that do you think that one is better than the other? Oh, that is a good question. I think if I had to answer it, I would break it down into like reasons for living life now and having fun now and then reasons against. Let's go through it. I think the reasons for it, I would assume that, you know, we've talked about the fact that the future is not guaranteed, but there was a study that was done by a psychology professor at Cornell University. And every time I think of Cornell, I just think of the office. And they suggested that experiences actually brought you more lasting happiness than material possessions. And so if you think about it, for a lot of us, when we imagine, should I have fun now to be wealthy later? Like usually it means, should I travel now? Or should I have like a nice house and a nice car and a nice like family set up down the track? And so if we're going off this study, it's actually the experiences that bring us more happiness than the nice house and the nice car and the nice suburb. And so if you're just looking at it from a happiness point of view, technically the professor's saying, go to Santorini. <laughs> I do want to point out there are people that are such home buddies. Like when you feel pressured to travel and be like this person, when you are traveling, like you're going to the Greek islands and you have to have like this really culturally immersive experience that you can't be on a yacht because I feel like there's some levels of travel shaming as well. <laughs> if you don't want to do it, don't do it because imagine being in Santorini and being miserable and being like, oh my gosh, it's so hot. There's so many people. It's not what it's like cracked out to be. And I'm only doing it for the gram. I'm only doing it so like people can see that I do get out of like my country or my hometown. I hate to, you know, jump the gun here, but I think what it boils down to is like figuring out what is actually important to you. Like, experiences in terms of like does the study say experiences in terms of like traveling or like experiences in terms of let's have a staycation you know let's do an off-grid remote airbnb down in queenstown down in wanaka like if you're in new zealand or is it just like traveling versus like buying a Louis Vuitton top. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I was looking at another study and I love the title of the study. It's by Dunn, Gilbert and Wilson. And the study's title is, if money doesn't make you happy, then you probably aren't spending it right, which I love because they kind of looked into the different ways that people were happy or weren't. And they found a very similar idea compared to the first study, which is that if you are spending money on others, or experiences, then you are going to be a lot happier than if you are spending it on things. And so when people say, should I have fun now or like save for later, I want to define what fun now means. If fun now for you, like if you're saying, should I buy that luxury handbag or those really nice clothes or that really nice car versus saving for wealth later, in that scenario, I would say don't actually buy those things. You don't need those nice things, save for later, because studies show that's not going to make you happy. But if you're trying to decide between should I spend that money now on experiences, then put it away for later. I think that's where I would say, yeah, go for it. Like, And the experiences can be anything. As Sonia said, it's actually something I want to bring up later. We almost 
expect or assume that having fun now means spending money now? Why does fun have to be something that you spend a lot of money on? Like having fun now could be, I'm going to go to my friend's house every single week and we're going to do potluck. So we're going to go hiking every single week or we're going to backpack. Like having fun now doesn't necessarily mean spending thousands of dollars. I think you can still have fun in ways that aren't quote unquote breaking the bank. But I'd love to hear what your thoughts are for making sure we're not going too overboard or we're not like breaking the balance and deciding that we've just had so much fun now that we're actually negatively impacting like future Sim and Sonia. Gosh, you're asking very heavy questions today. It's a heavy topic. Fun or money? (laughs) Here's the thing. I will put my own personal experience into this. So when I moved, I put an immense amount of pressure on myself to figure everything out in a very short amount of time. I was like, okay, I'm in this part of the world. I'm going to deplete my savings just to travel, just like be everywhere and some things happened some like you know mental health things happened and a few months went by and I just felt like I was constantly a cycle of like oh my gosh people expect me to be this little traveler like why am I not going to like South America and traveling around Canada or all around America and like I just was like thinking all these things and now that it's been like my one year in Canada and the past I would say six months have been the most joyful months that I've experienced here it's only in hindsight that you realize oh my gosh it takes like a year to one figure out where you've moved to to figure out where you've like I can call myself a local I know like Toronto I know where to walk I know the streetcars I know subway like I just I know I know where to go to get good pasta good drinks I think when I was thinking about it I didn't know why it was like such a huge block for me to like do things whereas like now because I've kind of released people's expectations of me (laughs) And it's so much easier said than done. Like I sit here and be like, just prioritize what you think is valuable. If you want to travel, travel. If you don't, don't. But it's not as easy as that. It's not like, yeah, I want to travel. Let's go travel. Where is I going with this? (laughs) Now I'm rambling. You're not rambling. I'm loving this. What would you say to someone that's listening in and going, okay, look, like Sonia, I want to do things that are fun now. I want to have fun experiences, but how do I make sure I'm not tipping over to the point where it's actually significantly detrimental to my future wealth? Well, I think one, it's great because you know you are thinking about your future wealth. So I think that's like a good point to start with. I think a lot of times when people travel and they're super young, they're not thinking about that at all. They're like, live now, I'll never be 20 again. So it's good that you realize what is important to you and that you want to do it in a balanced way. I would say, I think the way to do it, if there's a way to do it, I think do the best that you know how in terms of recognizing that before you travel, actually save up like take some time to build up your savings to spend overseas. Don't get a credit card and just be like, hey, I'm going to put everything on this like 10K limit credit card and then build up credit card debt because I've just heard like a lot of horror stories here of like casual conversations that I've had with friends because credit cards are like normal in this part of the world, North America. 
And it takes a long time to fix your credit and to pay your credit card off. So I would say if you are going to do it, if you are like, hey, I want to travel the world for a year, take some time to build up your savings, build up a particular amount and then go. Because there's also no point of traveling or going overseas or doing big trips if all you're going to be thinking about is money and how you're spending it and then feeling guilty for spending it. Like that will affect your experience too. So I'm not saying that you need to buy a house before you go overseas or you need to have a particular amount in your assets, but I would say definitely save your money and don't take out loans to travel. Don't take out loans to like look a particular way to your peers, to Instagram, to the public, whatever you want to call it. I think saving and if you can invest a little bit, if you're happy to have some investing habits tucked away and you're in it for the long term, then that's a plus too. But I definitely think saving and going off the cash that you have. For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it. From local pop-ups to global retailers, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach and enhanced customer experience. It's a win-win-win. To learn more about how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. It definitely makes it a lot more sustainable. And then you're kind of always in check. You're like, okay, realistically, this is what I can afford as opposed to what kind of holiday can my credit card let me have? It's more like what cash is going to let me have what kind of holiday, which is humbling, but it's very helpful. And we've all been there. We've all had to sneakily transfer a little bit more money in our wise card while we're in Europe because we're like, oops, that was definitely outside the budget, but I'm here now. I just find it like extremely, extremely difficult trying to manage having fun versus looking after future me because it feels like there is a limited amount of fun I'm allowed to have or a limited amount of money I'm allowed to have, which is more mindset related than actual anything else related. And I feel like when I have fun, I'm taking away from the wealth pie. And if I'm putting money towards my future wealth, I'm taking away from the fun pie. And it's almost like I just can't have two pies. Like the reason I didn't end up going on a trip with some of my friends recently was because I was like, I will just sit there and I will think about work and I will think about how these four weeks I could be doing work And I'm not going to have fun. I'm just going to be like a Debbie Downer and no one wants to be around like Sim the worry wart, like Sim the party pooper. And I'd rather just stay back. And then I was like, what am I doing? Like, I'm just assuming that another trip like this will come up, that my friends will be free and that we'll go again. 
And what have I saved by doing this? Like what tangible difference has this made to my wealth by punishing myself for not going? Man, I deeply empathize with where you're coming from. I think that's what holds me back from traveling too, especially if you can put the money towards like family or, you know, cousins, new nieces, new nephews, everyone around me is having babies. Like I feel like that takes away from it as well. But I will say like sometimes it's hard because literally the grass is greener on the other side. Like what if you traveled and you were just constantly thinking about, oh my gosh, imagine if I was like at home, I could have like done X, Y, Z. Imagine if I was at home, I could have like added this into my business and we would have done that. And then I would have been able to do this or at my job, I could have come up with this new idea. But at the same time, you could argue and be like, well, if you travel and like relax your bloody brain, you might come back more refreshed and be more productive at work and do better and continue. And that's maybe a better option for you than like chugging through each week. I make it sound like it's terrible. It's not that bad, but like going through every week and being like, but I'm staying here. Therefore, this is the right thing for my life and my business and my career. Yeah. I do just want to circle. I hate myself. Jesus Christ. Are you going to finish that sentence? I'm not. I am so glad that I caught myself out on it. Deep breaths. Just to go back to what you were saying before around like immigrant mindset, I agree. Like, I think a lot of different people and no matter what your background is and where you live, I think they do struggle with it. You do not need to be children of immigrants or immigrants in general to go through this. But I do think that a lot of those guilt cycles and when you see the people traveling and there's like this carefree like attitude with certain ethnicities, I think it's hard. Because those are the same type of people that are perpetuating this. You're missing out. Like, why are you not backpacking Southeast Asia? Which I'm being dramatic. A lot of people just mind their own business. And a lot of people are just like experiencing and being present, which is why they're so happy as well in terms of being secure in their decisions and being present. (laughs) But I do think it's a valid point in terms of what blocks us and what we think about. And I think everyone's responsibilities are different, but it would be extremely naive of you to say that being a child of, you know, immigrant parents and everything that they've sacrificed and done, that doesn't impact your decision making on a day to day basis. I would say it impacts you every single day. So it's also like a guilt factor. Like I remember the other day, so I had like quite a full on work week. We did a lot of traveling. I think we did like four shows in three days, which is like quite back to back. It's not usually how I operate, but I was like, you know, we had to make it work. And I came back from that long week and I was like, Christ, like I need to do something to relax. And I went and booked myself like a nice massage. I think I've booked myself like a couple of massages in my life. And during the massage, I couldn't quite relax. I mean, I did relax, but in the middle of it, I just felt guilty. And I was like, my mother works so much harder than me. And she has never been like, oh, I'm really exhausted. Let's go get a massage. And here I am doing this and being like, I need to get this like really fancy massage at this really fancy hotel. Like, who am I? And why do I think I deserve this? And you just like having fun now. It's this whole, I don't know, just like guilt factor. And I was like, I'm going to have to like bring my mum here. Like I was almost trying to negotiate with my own head to justify me having this massage. I was like, if I bring my mum, she'll love it. And maybe that will make me feel less guilty, like subconsciously. Oh my God. A hundred percent. 
dude, I went to Niagara Falls and I was like, okay, I'm going to bring my parents here. And like that way I could relax and actually enjoy what I was like seeing. You think about it constantly from like getting a massage to traveling. You know, when you like see your parents as you get older as people, like you're not seeing them as like your mum and dad, you're seeing them as like, oh, my dad really loved to travel. And now that he's retired, he can like do X, Y, Z, but his bones are a little bit more tired or he can't like walk as fast. If he could have done this like 20 years ago, where would he be now? It's constant. You get your nails done. It's like, how do you stop it? What are some strategies to stop it? Because now I feel like we're really focusing on why we're not having fun. Yeah. Yeah. I can't have fun because my parents worked so hard and they did not have fun. And now I feel like having fun is something that wasn't offered to everyone in my life. And I feel like, why do I deserve to have fun? That's what it is. I also just want to say we're not blaming our parents that we're not having fun. For working hard? Yeah, for like the life that they chose and the decisions that they made. Like we're not being like, gosh, it's our parents' fault that we can't have fun. It's just something that we're acutely aware of. We're not sitting here being like, gosh, why can't I just enjoy this massage? Thanks, (laughs) mum. Why couldn't have they just stayed in India, you know? I wouldn't have to worry about Niagara Falls if I wasn't out of the country. (laughs) See, we do all of that, but then I also recognize that one of the reasons that they did immigrate and I guess like their intentions for the lives that we now lead is to have different choices than they were afforded. Does that help? Yeah. (laughs) We're honestly like, Sam and I are just like grasping for anything (laughs) that make us feel better. One thing that I did find quite helpful, we had a like very sweet auntie figure in the Girls Invest community DM us after I once made some content around, you know, the guilt of having fun and leading a softer life as you make more money and you realize like your families did not get those opportunities. You know how like aunties are like, they're not your actual aunties, but we just call them aunties. She was like, daughter, like, Your parents, I'm sure, like worked so hard so that you could do this. Like they want you to go out and experience those things. They would hate to feel like they worked so hard just for you to sit there and feel guilty. Like it's almost a waste of their hard work if you're not even enjoying and having fun. Like it's almost like what's the point? Mm. Like you're doing them a disservice by not enjoying your life. Does that make you feel better? It makes me feel better. Does it not make you feel better? It makes me feel better for like a second. And then I go back. Well, you just got to say it every day. Every single day. Also, it helps that your parents say it. Like, I feel like I've talked to my parents a few times. I'm conscious of not constantly having this conversation. But I think just hearing them say, like, they're happy, like, for you. And just, like, mom and I just chatting about, like, the decisions that I can make compared to where she was my age and like what she wants to do. Like she's not a traveler. No. Like I get that from my dad. She was just, this was also bad, but she like was more than happy to just like stay with her family. Like, you know, and that's what's important to her. So I think that helps hearing it from the source. I definitely think it helps. It also, I think there are some benefits to being the way that we are. I'm just trying to look at the silver linings here. And I think if you're someone that worries about 
the guilt of having fun or you're worried about what it means to do something today that takes away from tomorrow. I think there's a few skills that are built that are helpful, like for example, habits and discipline. I think we've all heard of the marshmallow experiment, the one that was done at Stanford in the 1960s and 70s, where they'd put like marshmallows in front of children and say, hey, I'm going to walk out the door and there's a marshmallow in front of you to these like five-year-olds. And if you don't eat the marshmallow by the time I come back, you'll get two. So we've all seen that. But I think what people don't realize is that study was like, I think a longitudinal study where they followed up on these kids later in life to see what happened to them. And the kids that were able to have delayed gratification, like the kids that were able to wait and not eat the marshmallow and then take the second one, they ended up becoming much better. They had better life outcomes later on. Like they were the CEOs, they were the presidents. I mean, I'm exaggerating, but they were people that had a very stable and healthy life and it was the habits of delayed gratification. So it's not always a bad thing to say, maybe to a small degree, let's put off a little bit of fun now for something a little bit later. Mm. Like I think in a short amount of way, like it's not so bad to want to delay things. It's just finding that balance and making sure it's not coming from guilt, making sure it's not coming from something negative. I think you can have fun now and also put some away from later. I don't think it's like a or like this or that. I think it's an and like let's have fun and set ourselves up for the future, not just one or the other. I agree. There's this book by Ariana Huffington, the founder of the Huffington Post. She wrote this great book called Thrive. I actually gifted it to Sim because I was like, you would love this. But very early on in the book, one of the questions that she gets you to think about and that she defines for herself is what do you define as success? There are people that she knows in her life that got to the position of being the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. They're sitting in that seat and they quit in like a few weeks or a few months because they're like, this was just a title that I climbed the corporate ladder to and for what for societal status, made them miserable. It didn't actually make them happy and it didn't make them feel successful. So they were out of those positions very quickly or they stayed put and they were miserable. I think one of the best things that you can do for yourself is to figure out how success feels to you and what that actually means. More often than not, it's actually not what you think you should do in terms of what other people expect from you in terms of societal expectations, parental expectations, all of that, especially because a lot of those expectations are dictated by age as well. And some people think that if you buy your first house at 50, that takes away from the accomplishment. So I think that's cool that they were CEOs and like these leaders and in really successful companies. But I think if that's not important to you anyway, that's not going to mean much, you know? I feel like if you're listening to this episode, you're probably able to sort of realize the main takeaways, which has been like, yes, there are so many benefits to having fun now. We're assuming we're going to have this long life that we definitely cannot predict. We also then have this level of like guilt associated with it. Sometimes it's parental guilt. Sometimes it's personal. There's a lot of like limited mindset beliefs when it comes to like, should I have fun now? It takes away from my future. But reframing things 
has such an impact and defining what success means for you today. Like if you wrote down today, success to me looks like, let's say a house and this much money and investments and a salary of this and the freedom of time to actually only be working 20 hours a week. If that's what success looks like, then I think it's easier to justify having fun because you're going to be like, well, just taking three weeks off, is that really going to stop me from achieving X, Y, and Z? That's a lot easier than trying to say, there's this weird success that I can't even justify or define. Of course, you're going to battle having fun now if you can't even define the success it's going to take away because you don't know what that looks like. I'll be honest, I never finished the book, Sonia, but I will get around to it. Yeah, you should. You should read it. Well, I feel like this is probably a good place to wrap it up. If you have enjoyed this episode, please take a screenshot, put it on your Instagram story or threads, tag Girls That Invest. We love to spread the message. If we've ever provided you anything valuable, it just means the world to us to make sure that we get the message out there. And I'll see you next time, Sonia. See you next time, Sim. Bye. Bye. And as always, to finish off with our disclaimer. Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence. Alrighty, till next time team, bye!